Hello and welcome to the Bossit Podcast with Mark Edwards and Michael Humblett. This podcast is released every week and is an over-the-shoulder look of a frank and candid discussion between two experienced software executives providing you with useful tips, techniques and the latest concepts to help you grow your software business in the fast-paced digital age. So let's get into it. Here is Mark Edwards and Michael Humblett. Good morning, Michael. Good morning, Mark. How are you? Good. Uh, we made it after our conversation uh, yesterday. I think it was it yesterday afternoon when I was at uh, Schiphol Airport in the Netherlands. Yeah. Trying exactly. to decide whether I was going to get back home finally. We'll, we'll keep doing it on a Saturday morning because that's the most quiet moment in the whole weekend and week, actually, for that's, me. So. Yes, I think, it, I think it does for me as well. I was just... Uh, I was just not quite sure whether I was going to be able to get up in the morning, actually. I was starting to feel quite tired. (laughs) So today, I would actually also would like to discuss at a certain point something about, I mean, with all your experience, time management. It's something that keeps coming back. And I see in our daily lives, it's just a struggle. Any advice you could give me, I would be highly, highly appreciative of that. Sure. Yeah, it's, it's interesting, actually, because I was thinking about the some of the skills because we, we when we're working with our clients we tend to be looking at the business but yep. there's a there's an element within the service that we give as we walk, walk around the wheel with them about management and, and and i think that i what i want to do is to develop more for those senior executives because i come yep. across examples and this is what I was thinking about it is this week working with one of my clients and i could hear and I could see that he was stressed. And because he, <laughs> because he was stressed, I wasn't able to communicate with him as effectively. He's, yeah. not, he's not listening. <clears throat> he wasn't in the best frame of mind to work on the business. And I thought, okay. actually, we need to think about that. And time management is one of those things. Absolutely. So, yeah, yeah. Prioritization, what do you do first? I mean, I read several books about it, and, but it doesn't always mean you apply them properly. I, I think the nature of the beast will always prevail. With that, yes. I mean, for instance, I booked Friday afternoon to do some writing, to do some really work into some online lessons. So I need to think, shut yeah. down everything, right? And what happens? I do the thing that's most natural to me. I think I phoned 22 people. Yes. So I didn't have time to do the difficult part, which is the writing, the creation. And I keep doing that, and it's a trap, and I see it coming, and I still do it, and I think it's because my natural tendency goes into phoning, being social, yes. and actually just creating more work because I want to close, right? I'm closing one after the other, and that, yeah. it's, it's a nightmare for me, and I, yeah. I, I find it hard to escape that one. Yeah, well, it's, it's an important aspect of what you do. Um, true. true. You, don't, you don't want a salesperson who's, who's not uh, interested in closing deals. I mean, that would be no, crazy. No. And I think you're but, right. I think you um, you made an interesting statement there, actually, is is that I think that the fact that you understand yourself, that that also helps with time management because you will see that there is a tendency to get pulled to those things that you like doing. Yeah, true. You know, I, 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 can, remember, I can remember being a student and um, having to write essays and so on, 
and sort of locking myself in a room and then noticing that I've just spent the last 10 minutes getting a fly out the room. And, and then yeah. I go and think, oh, I need to go and get myself a drink now. And then sure. I think, oh, sure. I need to go and get a pencil sharpener to sharpen. You can go on forever if there's yeah. some, if there's a, and put tasks off. But, you know, I think as you get older, you, you start to spot that in yourself. Um, the thing that I do, I mean, the first thing I always say, say and think about for myself, because my time my management isn't always good. And it's one of those things that I have to sort of catch myself to say, yeah. actually, I'm getting sloppy here. Pull yourself back. What are the basics? Keep it simple whatever system because I like you I've read lots of books on time management and um, I think sometimes these systems and techniques that they they put down are just great to write about (laughs) just so complicated you think wow yeah it's sort of logical but you're never going to do it so I I mean mine is really simple I use the tasks um, app that's on um, iPhones Because yeah. I use an iPhone, I use a fact obviously because I had two iPads going, and it syncs with Outlook. So anything that I put on there, it's on whatever device I'm working on. So if I'm on the phone, if I'm on the train, and maybe I've just got my iPhone that I've got access to, I can pull that list and I can have a look at it. And the other thing is that it does something that I think for me is the simplest of all, is it enables me to prioritize really quickly you drag to the top the most important task to do. And all the all the task may be that you perhaps know that you're likely to put off, the one that you're not relishing. You know, yeah. the idea about eat eat the frog first thing in the morning because the rest <laughs> the rest of the day gets easy. After you've yeah. eaten a frog, you know, a live frog. It's it's like a hangover. Get to the get to the first lunch. If you survive that the day is gonna be good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, similar sort of thing. So what I yeah. what I tend to do is Sunday evening, when I'm thinking about the week ahead, I check to make sure that my appointments and meetings are in my diary and that all my calls that I'm going to make are in the diary. Yeah. And then I look at what are the things... What When I get to the end of the week, I think to myself, for my role, and that's the other thing, is that's something that I think has changed over the last year, is I, I, I think... I've been thinking a lot, and especially this year, is what's my role within the business? What am I here to do? You know, I have to provide, I'm, 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 I'm going to be leading the business, creating the vision, creating the right culture within the business, making sure that I'm removing the obstacles for the other people within the company. Um, getting clarity about that helps me on the Sunday night when I think, what do I want to achieve this week? What are the key things that if, when I get to Friday evening, I think that's a good week. And yeah. even, if, even if it's one thing, make yeah. sure yeah. you get that one thing done. I used to write this endless to-do list with everything, so I couldn't forget anything. And then I realized you just get frustrated. So I do yeah. the same. I, I wake up, I check the agenda, and, and, and then every day, and then I write two things, Max. And I, if I get them done, it's okay. Yeah. I, I prioritize because of that. That uh, to-do list... Yeah. Um, way of doing it I used to do exactly the same thing and I would look back and then after because th- I would carry across anything that you didn't do and then after yeah. three months I remember looking back and I had 150 things on my to-do list yeah crazy yeah. Yeah. so I do it I prioritize it so I do that for the week and then I also do it for the day I start in the morning I give myself 20 minutes to say 
again, to be really satisfied for today, what's that one thing that I really need to get done? And I drag it to the top. And then I say, how long is that going to take? And if it's, if it's an hour, I'll give myself 90 minutes. Yeah. Because things like typically that. take longer. Um, and then I think, what's the second thing? If I've got that done, you tend to get on a bit of a roll, I find, is if you get something done and you're pleased with yourself, it sort of motivates you to move on to the next. So I'll then drag up, I think, what's the second most important thing? And then I will fit these things in on my calendar around the fixed dates, my meetings and my calls. Um, yeah. Do it that way. I, I have this, um, the hardest part for me is when I go into storytelling mode and clients ask me to redesign their sales pitch completely. Yeah. And this happens a lot. So then I, I am really, really, it takes half an hour to get into it. I'm like trying to do everything except that. And then after half an hour, I pull myself together and then I start and then I go really deep. And it's like, add another hour and a half. I have the whole story finished and I come out of this coma, how do you call that? Meditational phase where suddenly yes. the world exists again. Very, yes. very weird. But yeah. I cannot handle that too much per day. I mean, I could do no, one, one really maybe intense. every two days. Yeah. Because it goes so deep, and I feel my yeah. body even actually. Actually, after that, you should go running or something like that. That would be the ideal combination. That's that. That's really interesting. Actually, you say that. I, I was thinking something similar because I had. I think it was from Tuesday. I had five back-to-back meetings with um, a couple of existing clients and and three new clients. And when I'm in those meetings, I I find I'm really concentrating. It is almost like a meditative state. I'm getting to understand their business, trying to get to understand them, their personality, trying to get a feel and profile for the business. At the end of the day, I, I was shattered. Yeah, really, I felt exactly. phys- physically quite drained, quite you know en- energized in the fact that I'd really enjoyed it. I do enjoy meeting entrepreneurs. And it was and it was quite different the people that I was meeting you know from a guy who was essentially had a startup pre revenue yeah but really exciting what he was doing he'd already raised a million and a half and he wanted to raise probably an equal amount as well and we're looking at how I could probably work with him to somebody who had a business quite a small business actually been going for twenty plus years but highly profitable and very few employees. Yeah, and he, he yeah, was all yeah, yeah. the thing. Interesting thing was, and one of the things I wanted to mention today, he was almost apologetic in <laughs> saying, "Well, it's not very big; it may not be of interest to you guys." But when I started to talk to him about it, he had more profit than some really big organisations. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, I've got to I got to tell you a story. This is this is really did make me laugh. Client of mine, I've known for many years, many many years. One of their sales guys, really good guy. He, he was talking to me. We had a meeting. I was taking him into uh, one of my contacts. We had a meeting afterwards, and we were sitting down having a coffee. And he said, I have to tell you this story. He said that he and uh, one of his sales guys went in to see a really big organization. And um, I won't mention the name, but mm-hmm. really big, well-known in the IT sector. And they were meeting a divisional manager, IT manager. And they went in. And this guy was really arrogant with them, not very friendly. And they, he, asked, he asked them to do their pitch. And they've got, a, they've got a great bit of technology, really interesting. And he sort of folded his arms and he said to them, look, he said, we've got a company here. He said, we've got 20,000 employees in this company. 
He said, and I look at the size of your business. He said, why should we be interested in you? <laughs> and he said, he said, my salesman quick, just went straight back at him. He said, well, for a start, he said, we made a billion more profit than you did. Because <laughs> 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 they'd made a loss. Yeah. <laughs> and I thought, what a great answer. <laughs> I loved it. Yeah. That's a really good one. Yeah. I love salesman stories. <laughs> yeah. Uh, exactly. I, I was dealing with a company that specialized this week in, um, it's like startup as a service. So you see them popping up in every country uh, and they, they actually, you can hire them to, to do a startup for you. So large corporates hire these guys to do startups. And interestingly, they asked me for a quote of my services yep. and I kind of started fighting because I knew there are so many of these I call them sales trainers and they come in and they sell this whole scheme and actually it doesn't make any difference. So company can say, hey, I'm doing this, but nobody actually implements it. And I go really nervous because I used to hire these guys to do it with my sales teams. So I'm telling them, no, not going to do it. I'm not going to build you a large offer. This is how I would tackle it, right? In, in a completely different way, but it's very efficient. And they get really, really nervous with me and they, they keep mailing me saying things like, Michael, I need at least two, three offers. And, and I got so upset, I actually phoned them up Friday and I said, listen, you're selling the concept of startup as a service and you're asking me now to sell you the most corporate approach ever. How, how do you rhyme that with your business model? Something's definitely wrong here. Mm. And then he went very quiet on the other side of the line. And then they said, we'll call you back. <laughs> so, <laughs> what, what do you I, mean by the most corporate model? Explain I mean, that. Me. For that, I mean, typically corporate model means you need a full-blown methodology. You've written a book, you come in, you, oh. here. you see that kind of approach? Yeah, yeah. The, the, the very I mean, sort of academic. Um, risk avoidance. Yes. It's yeah. like you hire top-notch. Consultants, it, it is McKinsey. Yes. It costs 10 times more as another. It must be good. It's like this old adagio. You never got, nobody got fired for hiring IBM. Actually, the, the opposite is true these days. Yes. So I'm, I'm, I was really, I mean, I just told them, I said, guys, if you're acting like that, how can you sell the service? That's number one. Yeah. And number two, I cannot work with you like this. It's yeah. not going to work. That, that's that, weird. That is amazing. You, you must you must be able to read my mind, Michael, because that's one of the points I've got listed down here. One of the things <laughs> that came up this week. Exactly. Yeah. Something very, very similar to that idea. You know, yeah. what, we're, what we're both saying all the time and what we're seeing is that the software industry, the software business moves so fast now. Mm -hmm. and, 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 and people who grew up in the software industry from the 90s, I think they really struggle. Yep. You know, it's not just it's not just that the the way that these businesses now need to behave has changed, but it's the pace and it's the techniques and it's the change in marketing, it's the change in sales. And yep. and if those guys from the nineties that used the same approach that they did in the nineties because it worked for them then, mm -hmm. they're gonna fail now. Or they can just work harder yeah, and harder. That's and that, the that's that's one that's aspect. That's one aspect that I've seen. And we 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 engaged with a company, um, and we want they wanted us to do and work and look at the the value within this business and how it could be leveraged. This guy puts together business plans, 
90 pages. Good God. 90 pages on a business plan. Who is going to look at that and read it apart from him? It's no. totally worthless. But I think, no. I, and I'm thinking, why would somebody do that? Why would they it's, spend that time? It, it, it's a fear. It, I, think that it's, yeah. I think it's partly to do with our education. The education system is, is sort of basing it upon methodology and data and research to say, and that will give, if I, if I do it, base it upon all of that. And the more data and research I have, the more likely that I will be successful. I don't see that. By the time they've gathered all of that data together and done all of that research and been able to analyze it, if you can, it's out of date. But isn't it also the fact that the more I give, the higher I can make my price, the more valuable it seems. It's like the, the, I have the biggest... Oh, yes. Something like that. Yeah, yeah, I know what you mean. Yeah. yeah. The, and I see that a lot with consultants and especially yes. junior consultants. That Sometimes I wonder, I mean, if, imagine you would... So I do a lot of business planning and I do a lot of marketing plans. Actually, yeah, sure. I always tell them yeah. it's the five, six slides. If you mm. go to a board, they will not even check it. They'll just check the numbers or they'll just check one slide. So be careful what you do. You don't need yeah. to see because yeah, it's yeah. no focus anymore. So, uh, no, I, I fully agree. Uh, I, 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 it's, that, it's, that, it's that idea about the consultants that the, they want to deliver a big fee on the table. So to, to justify go. it, they have to give them, you know, 100 pages. Yeah. And I'm not saying it's not hard work for them to do it. Bearing in mind, a lot of it is templated, that they use it over and over again, and they're just inserting other bit, you know, the names of the company. A lot of it is done that way, because I've seen many years ago, when I first started the business, there was a report that was done by one of the big companies. One of those, I won't name them, but they just use initials. And there's, mm -hmm. a, there's a handful of initials, so you might better guess. <laughs> <laughs> and, and they had done a report on the particular sector within the document management sector. And I think, I mean, bearing in mind, this was nearly 20 years ago now, they had charged about £20,000 for this report. And oh. one of the companies that I was dealing with, they gave me a copy of it to have a look at. And I went through it, and I thought, it's beautifully presented. I mean, especially in those days, the graphics on it, the way that they'd laid it out, you know, the way that it was organized and it was perfectly written. No grammatical errors at all. The data in there was total crap. <laughs> it was just nonsense. And they'd grabbed some data and because they didn't really understand the industry and what they had done is that it was sort of like a veneer thin understanding of that sector they had wrongly identified companies that presented themselves in a certain way, thinking that they were part of this sector. And it then taken the data from those companies and extrapolated it and, yeah. and, and made a conclusion. And it was total nonsense. And I explained and I went through and I highlighted the companies. I said, well, that company isn't within this sector. I know it sounds similar, but there are many different forms of scanning. <laughs> and that one is, is for scanning for when a, when, a, when a woman is pregnant. That's scanning for babies. We're talking about document scanning. This is nonsense, you know. And I, I went through I saw that report had been resold 15 times oh, to other companies. My, they just inserted another company name. The, the, the worst story I have, the worst loss I actually ever had, and I'm still angry about it. It's funny, residual anger. 
is the following. So I'm working in a company that sells big data analytics. We have a dashboard solution. We've automated a whole uh, principle. So we go to a large telco, not going to name you which one. We go to a very large telco. And you need to imagine, in in short, what what telcos do is they have, you know, these, how do you call it, you know, where they, the mast, is that called a mast in English, you know, where they send out the radio waves. So on this mast, there are licenses all over the place. And these licenses define how many, and they buy them, they rent them actually, how many mobile phones can you have at a certain moment on one of these poles. The thing is, it has seasonality. For instance, a pole at the seaside will have a very high usage during the summertime, but not during the, during the wintertime. So by playing with these licenses, by switching them on and off, you can, you can reduce your cost. I mean, these are massive amounts. We're talking about a billion, a billion and a half in licenses. Just switching them properly will save you 200 million. I mean, it's ridiculous, that kind of amount. So yes. we go in, we figure out that this is managed in a few Excel sheets by two people. You cannot imagine that, that kind of money, speaking about risk. So we go in, we look, at, we look at all the data, and we say, look, for 250K, we build, per year, we build a solution that can actually solve this, that can really automatically give you deductions, give you the guided analysis, and the whole thing. Really, really, truly impressive. We do some mm. tests, we prove it works. We get to the board, we explain that, There is a massive fight around the 250K. So what happens after some negotiation, a lot of negotiation, we finally get the phone call and they said, we have decided not to choose for the solution. We have decided to ask McKinsey, which is one of the top consultants in the world, to do a report and write us down what we need to do. And I asked them, how much did you pay these guys? Oh, we paid them one million. (laughs) So... I'm, I'm, so I'm like flabbergasted and I'm saying, so hang on, you're paying these guys a million to write a report to tell you what to do. And, and, and I'm, I'm like, I can't think anymore. I'm like, okay, okay, you do what you do. I put down the phone. Guess who phoned me the day after? <laughs> McKinsey. <laughs> McKinsey, yes. And McKinsey said, guys, I mean, so what happened is that company paid one million for a report that took over some of our conclusions, and the end of the report says you need to work with these guys. You need to set it up like that. It <laughs> is crazy. I was just angry because at the end we got the deal, but it just took us a year long, and somebody I, got paid a million <laughs> for nothing. I that's that's amazing. A million. I mean, yeah. I I have got a similar story, but it's not quite a million. But it it did make me really think. And um, this was a company. So I was representing an organization here in the UK. And um, we had presented it to a number of companies. We had quite a bit of interest. I think we got down to about five different buyers. And the organization that we were moving towards the final stages, um, they had a specialist M&A executive. So all he did was he was looking for acquisitions to make. And he would typically make two per month. I mean, a big, big company. And this was right across Europe. Yeah. And the area whereby they were going to make this acquisition, or they were potentially looking at making this acquisition, was fairly new to them. But strategically, they decided it was a good fit with their existing services. But they didn't have a great deal of experience. Anyway, mm-hmm. I, got, I got on quite well with this, this chap. And he, would, he was asking me a lot of questions. And he saw that I specialized in this area. And he came back to me. And he said, 
Mark, I said I'm really keen that we move ahead and we, we acquire this company. He said, I think it's a great fit. We'd started at that time. I, I had an indicative offer from him. And I thought, you know, we'd, we'd negotiated it a bit, but it was it was in the right area. And I think well, definitely my client was happy. Um, so he said to me, I've now got to put through, because he'd already got board, um, board approval. I mean, this is a this is over a billion um, pound company. <laughs> so they, they have their procedures and steps. And I understand that. So he had to put together a report to justify the acquisition. And essentially, he's buying, he's buying the company through me. So he said, I, I need to um, put a report about this industry and why we're, why we're making it and the justification. He said, you're probably the best person to write this report. He said, but I can't ask you to write it. I said, no, no, no. He said, so what I've done, he said, I've employed two consultants that I know. Would you mind ask, answering a few questions? I yep. said, I thought it was a bit unusual, but yeah, sure. So anyway, they called me, and there were two people talking, but I realized that as I was talking, I could hear furious typing at the other end. Yeah, yeah and the, the other guys listening. Yeah, there, were, there, was, there, was a, there was a number of people in this room. So we started talking. They, they started asking me questions. And it's funny, when you when, – when, um, I mean, I've, although I've been in this area a long time, I thought I – thought, Wow, I, I don't know. I don't know much. I can tell them, really. You know, you sort of mm-hmm. think, what, what do I really know? We started talking. We ended up going for, for two hours, and, and and all the time they're really encouraging me, and they're saying, "This is fantastic, Mark. Great, fantastic. Thank you very so much. Could you just explain about this and why does that happen like this? And what do you think about this?" And they're furiously typing away. Oh my god! And then, and anyway, so. I didn't hear any more about this report. All I knew was that the report had been submitted and then I heard back that they had board approval and we sold the business to them. And he came, he came back to me a few months later and he said, thanks very much, Mark. Just wanted to say, he said, that's the smoothest acquisition we've ever done. <laughs> Fantastic. And he said, he said, by the way, he said, that report helped. I said, how much did they, how much did they charge you? He said, 100,000. And they, and they had it done within two days of my call with them. God, good God. No. They just sat and tapped it down. Hang on. If, if we then analyze this one step back to my deal, and then you can take your deal because you closed it. I, I closed it eventually. Yeah. What should I have done? Because then, of course, that's the ultimate question. How could I avoid that kind of business in the future? And I think on the moment... I was really at board level fighting with these guys. Politics and risk avoidance suddenly takes over. I should have reached out. I should have felt that McKinsey or one of the other guys, Big Tree, was playing game. I should have reached out to them and said, let's do this together. And I would have been way faster. I might have probably given away some margin, but it would have gone 10 times smoother and everybody would have been happy. And McKinsey could have sold me to other telcos. I think that's, that, that's my learning from pure yeah. sales t- tactics there. Yeah, I, I mean, I think that's probably the smart thing to do. Um, that could have a big upside for you. For me, that wouldn't work. No? <laughs> I, and that's just, this is just personality thing. And, and I think maybe I'm getting in my own way here. I, I, I'm not very keen on working with these big consultancies. And I think what my approach is, is that when I get into that, well, I call it bullshit land, 
when mm-hmm. you think this is just ridiculous. I'm I'm just going to call it out. That's that's sort of the approach that I have now. Is that when I feel that we're heading that way, I just want to say, look, hang on a minute. My objectives with you are to help you get here. But what you're doing is just, I think it's crazy. Now, you can disagree with me if you like, but let me have my say. And that's that tends to be my approach. Um, and and sometimes that will work and sometimes it won't. But I I struggle working and, and working in a way that I just think is crazy. Yeah. No, no. I, 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 I can't think say it's right you... or wrong, but, you know. No, but longer term... I believe this works because it's it's your duty to say it to say it because that's the way you work that's the way you believe and and sometimes I think in one on five it will go wrong but actually you don't want to work with them because you know yeah. it's gonna be trouble actually if you really think about it you know it's gonna be trouble I mean this company also I'm really wondering man I don't I mean it's gonna be trouble the whole they're gonna fight me the whole way through and it's never gonna that's be true. success yeah, yeah. And so why am I even bothering. That goes back to the the other conversation that we've had about speaking with an authentic voice. Yeah, you, you need you need to understand yourself, but you need to communicate with your client. And you say, look, if you want that sort of approach, that big corporate approach, you know, with the three hundred page reports, that's not us. That's not me. I don't want to do that. I no. wouldn't enjoy that. That's not where I'm going to have a strength. If you need that for some reason, I'd question why you need it and its usefulness. But if you still need it, go get it somewhere else. But it won't be from here. I don't want to do right. that. I, I give them then, you know, the trick is to give them choice. I strongly believe in choice. And, yes. And I just told them, I said, look, there are two options. We we can go that route and the corporate route and all the documents, but I'm not your guy. Or yeah. you can win. Or you can win. Yes. Or you can yeah. be efficient. <laughs> yes. Or you can right. go really fast. And yes. I mean, I've, I've done this so many times. Just, just, <laughs> and I just gave them two numbers of large customers. I said, just, just ring the CEO, see what he says. Yeah. So, I, lo- I like the choice you've given them. Yeah, so, yeah. so here's your choice, guys. You can go this way. You can spend hundreds of thousands of pounds. Yeah. I mean, I don't mind with these people. It will fail, or you can come with me. It will be a lot cheaper, and it will succeed. I mean, you choose. Great choice. Give them a choice. That's a good choice. <laughs> I've, got, I've got one story. I want One story before we finish that I want to say, because it was something that occurred to me, and I thought, oh, I must say this to Michael when we do the podcast. Because I'd been talking to a client and I'd been saying to them, you know, bring yourself out from diving into talking and about your solution and your software. Spend more time getting into the problems that your clients have and present from that perspective. And I'd been on the telephone and I'd, I'd been thinking, did I, did I put that across to him in a way, in the right way? Because I think that's also my responsibility is, mm-hmm. is, is is explaining it in a way that makes sense. And funny, I was coming out of Skipper Airport, and I don't know if you know, but all of the cars there, the taxis, they're electric cars. Yeah, yeah. And I got straight yeah. into a Tesla. <laughs> it's another story, but I'd, I'd booked to go into a Best Western. I'll never, ever book to go into a Best Western again. But So I said to him, um, a Best Western, please. And yep. um, it was a Tesla. And I said to him, oh, and it was the new X model, I think it is. I was quite yep. interested. So I said to him, so this is a Tesla, isn't it? Now, and, and he said, yes, it is. Right, your hotel, he said, there are five in the area. Let me see which one, it, Best Western, that is. Let me yep. see which one it is. So he took the piece of paper from me. He read it. He looked it up on the map. He pointed. He said, this is where your, 
your particular hotel is. He said, it's going to take us nine minutes to um, get there as long as we don't get too much traffic. And he just ignored the point I made. And I thought, if this was the typical sort of old-style software guy that was driving this taxi, as soon as I got in there and asked him a question, he would have said, well, I've been a taxi driver since 1987. And I started because, yeah. and then it's start dark. telling, and then start telling me about the the, the stats on his Tesla. Whereas this yeah. guy, it was this guy wants to get to his hotel. He's probably tired. I'm going to find it for him really quickly. I'm going to show to him how long it's going to take, and I'm just going to take him there really efficiently, yeah. without just waffling onto him about every other thing about myself. And I thought yeah. that really typifies it, you know. I I. Uh give it a spin i do something very similar and then i say to when people show me their sales pitch i always say so imagine i'm the ceo whomever you're trying to sell to what do i care what do i care about absolutely and then i, I, I they look at me and i said i only care about me yeah and all the rest your logo is i mean and then i use very strong language i'm not going to do it now but i have lots of strong language i use them because i just want to wake them up and yeah. then I said, now look back at that presentation in the second slide where you have your big logo. They don't, they don't, doesn't mean anything. And I completely wrecked the whole slide. <laughs> <laughs> and it's always the same thing. It's like the last two slides of the 50 slide deck, the last two, three. Those are most of the time the most interesting ones. So I just flipped the whole story. I said, start with the end. What's the effect? Start with the end. That will always work because that's relevant. That's what you do. Not the whole way leading there. It's the end effect. Yeah. I've seen what you do with slide deck, like slide yeah. decks, and I love that because I think that so many companies out there, they, it, it's as though they're trying to kill sales. They're trying to bore people to death with them. Yeah. Pages but, with so much text on there, so complicated. If I come back to the story you told, you know what it is? It's two things, I think. One, it's insecurity. They want to tell everything they have to make sure that yes. one of those 50 features hits the nail. So for me, that's insecurity. And they don't dare to, to say the value pop like in, in, in one slide. They can't. And that's one of the big issues they have. And I'm like, yeah. yeah, but you're trying to sell to everybody the same message. It doesn't work. You need to have several messages for several roles, several industries, whatever. Yeah. So you need to tune that back. This this guy was this taxi driver was totally focused on me. He parked up. He got out of his car straight away. He opened the door for me. He asked if I needed any bags to go in the back, which I didn't. He closed it, and then he was totally focused on where I wanted to go. He didn't he didn't bore me about what he's been doing, how long he's been a taxi driver, how fast his Tesla goes, all those sort of things. He just was going to get me there and give me the information that I needed. It's a great example. Exactly. Exactly. You know how long we've been going? I have no clue. 34 minutes. Look at that. It's good. amazing, isn't it? Yeah. It's good. This is our fifth podcast now, and I think we're getting close because we said we would get a buffer of these podcasts together before we actually published them. Mm -hmm. But um, we've got some people helping us in doing that and sort of tidying them up and doing the graphics and things. I think that we're... I think we are at a position now where we can get these published. So at some stage, we will have an audience, hopefully. And by getting to number five, I'm hoping that they will sort of have a good feel for what we're, what we're about. 
Yeah. And if anybody wants to send us a message or send us an email with some questions yes. or some topics that we want you want us to talk about or give our opinion, our vision, or help, in essence, just don't hold back. Your yes. questions are our oxygen. Yeah, that, that's a really good idea. We'll have a link so that you can respond to us really easily. And um, let us know your thoughts. Tell us if you don't like it. Tell us if there are things that we do that irritate you. I don't care. You know, we're, we're both thick-skinned. But it's, it also tell us about the things that really work for you. And bit by bit, we'll evolve. And um, I'm enjoying it. I really want to do this. I want to make sure that we do it on a weekly basis. <laughs> Keep it disciplined. Get it done. Perfect. Thanks, Mark. Thanks. Good speaking to you, Michael. Thanks. Bye. <laughs>